The Game Schooler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, is a weekly audio show that highlights the educational value of tabletop gaming. In this week's episode, we'll cover Micro Macro Crime City, our recommended game of the week, discuss game schooling with pre-K kids in the school of gaming, and wrap it up with our high five tasty minstrel games. Welcome to the Game Schooler Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Kotecki, along with my co-host, the esteemed Dr. Michael McCabe. How's it going, Michael? Man, you keep calling me that. People are going to expect things. I, They're going to expect it, you to be esteemed. Well, I'm far from that. I think you're the only one who's given me that title. No, <laughs> things are going great. Uh, very excited for tonight's episode and, and just to talk about games and education. How about you? I'm doing great. Yeah, I feel really good this week. Everything's going good. We got a birthday party coming up. I've got more pens over here on this side of the table than I know what to do with. You got more birthday parties than any other human I know this time of year. You got a lot of birthday parties. We got a huge February. Both of my brothers That's... are born in February. Okay. One of my daughters is born in February. My brother-in-law is born in February. You got a niece or a nephew, somebody. Yes, yes. I just got done with a, a nephew's birthday. It's also in February. Lots so of people. Yeah, that's a it's a jam-packed month. What was going Good. on nine months before that? Now we'll leave that to somebody. Anywho, some other back to our regularly scheduled activities here. Uh, did you play any games lately, Doug? I played a good one and a stinker. How about you? I could concur with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and I've, uh, I, 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 also, I, I did, I did, but I'm stumbling and bumbling because you threw me a curveball. Tell me about it. All right. Well, we had uh, another guest, my father. People came, heard that last week. Yeah, he came he over. He got a shout-out. I'm he, glad you left that in. I thought you might cut it out, but then, uh, no. no, that was great. Uh, he came over under the, the guise of, Dad, I need you to come over and play some games with us. And he's not much of a gamer. And I said, these are family weight, which then he didn't know what family weight meant. So I had to explain that those are games that you can yeah. play with the, a wide wide age group, your whole family. Yep. Easy rules to understand. He's still almost blacked out in the rules explanation of one of the games. I don't think so. He caught on. <laughs> he gets frustrated very easily. Well, he, yeah. He, I didn't I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> I thought he handled so, it well. So we played a game of Golden Ticket, which I talked a little bit about last week that I had played with the family, which is the Willy Wonka game in which you are trying to acquire Wonka bars and hopefully get lucky enough to get one with a golden ticket yeah. in it. And uh, so that was a really... Or collect half of them, as I did. I had exactly half of the bars at the table. I dominated that game and lost, which yeah. was actually kind of fun, too, yeah, because that's... it came down to the last one. And... Well, and it's I th we talked about it last week, but the amount of teachable moments in that game of just being able to say, look, he got half of them and he still lost... But he still had the best odds going into yeah. it still, you know, and that whole conversation of how, you know, sometimes life isn't fair and you can do everything that you can. You can prepare, you know, the, the Winter Olympics going on and you hear some of those people that have been oh, training man. for a lifetime and it just fizzles out at the end and you do everything you can to be prepared and sometimes it just doesn't work That's how out. It works out, yeah. So that, I, I like that about that game. Um, I think it can be... Uh, maybe Critics a, would call that luck, that there's yeah, too it, much luck involved. It, it but, entirely comes down yeah. to luck at the end, but the gameplay is rewarding, and I think it's a worthwhile investment. So, yep. How about the stinker, Michael? Let's talk about that one. We haven't usually done that a whole lot on our show. I was just pulling it up here. Typically, we only talk about games that we like. Um, we don't get review copies from companies. Just to be clear about that, we're the Game Schooler podcast. He's not Doug, yet. I'm Michael. Not yet. <laughs> So we purchase all of the games and and review them. Um, go ahead, Doug. Be critical well, of a game. Yeah, uh, some and, of our uh, listeners are now waiting because they haven't actually heard us be critical of a game. But and, we, and, we played a game that did not pass our stringent criteria. It won't get recommended. It's no, a game that and, a lot of gamers will probably like. Well, and that's one of the things. I, I'm, I'm being 
mean with the the idea of a stinker. It's a fine game outside of the fact that I just didn't think it was that much fun. And that's the game uh, Little Factories. Right. Um, is it Little Factories? Little or Factory. For it Factory. F-A-C-T-O-R-Y. 2020 Singular. release. Yeah. Um, and what does it say? 2020? Yeah. Okay, so that must have been released in Germany or something because it ju- just came out here. Well, yeah. maybe, it, maybe it did come out before the new year. Um, I forget that we're still young Anywho, in the year. We um, played it. Yeah, and it was just, it was a very mechanical game. It was a very um, trade in this to get that, to get this, to trade into that, to get that, you know? And it, it, there were, it was thematic, but it was just very mechanical. It's yeah. A, it, and it was it, like an engineering problem. Right. It, it was a little spreadsheety. You know, I think some gamers would say, well, this is a palate cleanser or this is... It, it took us about 45 minutes playing with three players, uh, yeah. you and I and your dad, and it was missing the F word that the games have that we like to, we like, we like this F word and that F word is fun, 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 <laughs> Doug. Yes. We'll work on sign language as well. Uh, but it, it just missed out on that fun factor a little bit. I think when we, we, we do have a, we make fun of it, but our stringent criteria, we have a, a rating and we have a cut score on our, on our rating. And this one didn't, didn't make it. No. And it's, it's one of those things where um, I don't – people always talk about, well, how, how many times do you need to play a game to either get the most out of it or recommend it or decide? And this was a situation where I could see it maybe getting better with more plays once you get even more used to the economy. It wasn't fun enough for me to even want to do that. Yeah, that, and it's a game that I, I liked more than you did, yeah. I think. But but then when I worked through the thought matrix of okay is this a game that I can buy from Doug? Um, no, because I don't know who else I'm going to play it with. It's not a game. It has some of the similar things that Point Salad and other card games have, but it's just a, a little too much of a jump to, for my wife or my kids or other uh, a, a game group you know couples game group where we play games once in a while to bring it to the table yeah uh, yeah yeah it's it was very much of a, a flow chart type of thing i don't want to spend yeah, that much I, more I time we're on at it, the but, same place we're at the crossroads um, why are we talking about a yeah, game that we, so, we didn't like and won't talk about again all right did you play anything else i did i um played uh, just a wonderful round of a recommended game of the week episode 15 can you recall that mm, yes that would be sos dino exactly Great, doug yep uh and i also played a, a metric ton of impact with uh so impact i played with my nine-year-old margaret we we played a ton and it was one of those things where it was friday or saturday night i haven't been around a lot because it's basketball season and game schooler and day job and we played for about an hour. I, I don't know if we played 10 or 12 rounds, a, a lot. And um, afterwards, my wife said, boy, she just really needed that alone time. You know, just a nice little dice chucking game. You're throwing the dice back into the box. And if they match, you pull the pairs out. And the person with the last amount of dice standing wins. And yeah. she whooped up on me. Um, and then SOS Dino, that's a cooperative game. Uh, we talked about it at length in episode 15. And for me, what I realized, it was the first time since we've launched our podcast where my daughter has changed since the last time we played it. Mm. This is a game that she loves. We've played it since she was three or four years old, and I talked about it at length. But now as a as a six-year-old, and a very confident six-year-old who's played quite a few games. Um, it was interesting to see those changes in her thinking and just in how she explained where we should move the dinosaurs on the board. Yeah, I paused a few times and I thought, oh my goodness, one, this is awesome. But then I had that moment of there's going to come a day where these littles are all grown. And... Uh, because she was seeing the game at a much higher level than she saw it when she was barely yeah. five the last time we played it. So sure. that that's a, a long rant of, of what we played. But how about you? Anything else? No, I mean we just been jam packed. I mean, we got you get I think that's a the thing about game schooling is we make a priority to it 
at the same time, it's like people have life, life you know, and we've got dance class and basketball and gymnastics and, you know, yeah. everything else that goes along with all of that, that type of thing. So, and I, you know, every once in a while we've got weeks and it just, yeah, no, nothing gets fit in. You know, the kids are going to bed early. Yeah, you try, you try and get stuff Keep everybody up, up healthy the, and on, happy. Yeah, and... you try and get stuff in on the weekend, and then it's the weekend comes around. It's like I just want to be alone. Yeah, my kids say that. You know, yeah. it's just like we just need to, you know, and they're playing. You know, so you don't want to interrupt them. So, um, we we get in those stretches too. I think for me, the the busier I am individually, though. Uh, the more those individual games happen sure. with each kid because it's a must. Yeah. It's not a may. It's a, no, I need to spend some time with you. We, I need to spend an hour with you, and, and we play games. So Yeah. Did you acquire anything this week? I did. I completed my tapestry collection. I, I got did as well. The, oh, hey, look at you. But alternate. <laughs> we, yeah. We got alternate expansions. I got the first expansion. Yes. And you got the, the most recent one. Yeah. yeah. So you got Good. the plots and ploys, and yep. I got the arts and architecture. Yep. All right. And then I cool. also got the expansion for Lost Ruins of Arnak. Oh, excellent. is also over there for you as well. Well, thank you, Doug. <laughs> so. thank you. It's so nice to have a, have a friend with connections who can get games. So thanks for that. We'll All right. Any, play that. Anything else before we move on to the recommended game no, of the week? No, let's get after the recommended game of the week. All righty. Wait. Save that intro because you're going to need it in you five it. seconds. The recommended game of the week. Good one. <laughs> the recommended game of the week is a family friendly game we think you should add to your collection. I apologize for the heavy mouth breathing there. And it passes our stringent criteria for quality and content. This week's game is Micro Macro Crime City by Pegasus Spiel. Doug, before you give us the stats, I just have a quick sidebar. I got to tell you, I said uh, to my, this morning before everyone's leaving the house, I said, hey, Margaret, my, my male daughter who's nine years old and who I played this game with, I said, you know what the recommended game of the week is this week? She said, no, what is it, Dad? And I delivered the whole spiel without a run sheet <laughs> and got all the way to Micro Macro Crime City. And she said, thanks, I'll have to give it a listen. Uh, so give us the stats, Doug. Well, I've got my own little anecdote, which was I was typing up the run sheet today, and several times I accidentally typed Micro Macro Grime City. <laughs> Grimey! <laughs> which would be a totally oh. different concept. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Published in 2020, the designer is Johannes Seek. The art is by Daniel Gohl, Tobias Yoshinki, and Johannes Seek. Yeah. I think you owe Tobias an apology. Um, Probably. Pretty sure that's not how you say Tobias's last name, but you got What would you say? Yoshink? Yoshink? I'd say um, Yoshinki. Isn't that why they just said the first <laughs> <laughs> I think I owe you an apology. You we, we do our best with names. Yeah. We go all in. We do our best. All and right. it, it's a global hobby, and we're right 17.5% of the time. Yeah, 70% of the time we're correct Very 100% wrong. of the time. Uh, one to four players, 45 to 15 minutes, ages 12 and up. That's according to the box. Mm -hmm. uh, 2021 Spiel des Jahres winner. Was Way also, to go. Congratulations. It was also the 2020 Golden Geek Most Innovative Board Game winner and also the 2020 Golden Geek Light Game of the Year winner. So, according to the publisher, crimes have taken place all over the city and you want to figure out exactly what's happened. So you'll need to look closely at the giant city map, which is 29.5 by 43 inches, to find all the hidden information and trace the trails of those who had it in for their foes. Micro Macro Crime City includes 16 cases for you to solve. Each case includes a number of cards that ask you to find something on the map or uncover where someone has gone or otherwise reveal information relevant to the case. The city map serves as a map in time as well as space, so you'll typically find people in multiple locations throughout the streets and buildings, and you need to piece together what happened, whether by going through these the case cards card by card, or by reading only the starting card in the case and trying to figure out everything that happened for yourself, will you be able to answer all questions about the case without fail? So this is a cooperative game, and... You're working together. 
we are tr- we are going to we're not going to give any spoilers away on those 13 cases yeah. that's for you to uncover but i describe this as where's waldo mixed with looney tunes violence cartoon violence that's a really good description doug I'm proud um, of you so anything that you would see you know there's um Here's a disclaimer is that it's called Crime City. You're dealing with bad stuff that happens. Yeah. That being said, I don't think there's anything really in this game that somebody in fourth grade and higher has not already been exposed to on some level. I agree with that. Um, and certainly, the and kudos to the designers because the cases are divided out by... There's a ha- rating system. Yeah, there's a rating there's system with icons in there. And I think there's about the six or seven of them. That are completely family friendly mm-hmm. as as much as they can be. And the game is around twenty ish dollars in a box. So even if you're just going to play those six family friendly ones with six year olds on down, I, I think it's well worth the investment. And uh, I, I, I'm jumping in a little too deep into the pool here, but uh, go ahead, Doug. <laughs> so, so the. One of the th- we, we've wrestled with this one, if it's a recommended game or not, for the last two and a half months. Quick backstory. Doug got the game. Doug was giddy with the game. Doug and his oldest daughter would run to the game table after school to play additional rounds. I ha- I've yeah. not seen you this enthusiastic <laughs> about a game in a long time. But because of that factor of, well, can we recommend it, you really put this thing through the ringer to make sure that we could recommend it. And I, I did as well, as recently as just last week, playing it with, with my kiddos. Yeah. And uh, so we stand by that. It's, it's Yeah, and I think even even the ones that get to, I, I hesitate to even use this word, the more mature or whatever their highest rating system is, is not that bad and not mm-hmm. that much worse than anything that kids are seeing on the news or, or learning about oh, in, a lot, lot in, in history. Worse than the news. Yeah. You know, so... There's, I, I feel comfortable in that that idea. It's like, do not sit down and play this with a six year old. You know, I mean, that's there's that level because you're talking about crimes. But anybody over fourth fourth grade, and I I wrote that down actually is, um, the the box says twelve and up. Mm-hmm. Board Game Geek says eight and up. And I would split the difference and say 10 and up. Yeah. I think 10 and up, you can handle this game, no problem. Um, the thing I love about this game, and, and I think... De- and I would define the you. I'd say if you're a teacher in a classroom and you're listening to us right now and you're like, oh, what are these guys talking about? I think this is uh, an example of sending a letter home. And and this might be breaking copyright laws, so consult your own legal counsel before you do that. But you could actually take pictures of the the intro case so that people know what's coming home and put that into your letter. So that's just one little suggestion that I have. Err on the side of caution. I agree with you, though. Ten and up, no problem. Well, in this, what did it say? It's a, you're almost dealing with a three-by-four-foot map Yeah, that has tiny pictures on it. And I was doing Where's Waldo with my daughters a couple of days ago. And it's like the amount of stuff that is in a Where's Waldo in the little, if you start looking at it, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, look at that guy. He's not wearing a shirt. And yeah, a whole bunch of stuff that would be like, I don't know if that's appropriate. It's on that level. Yeah. Right. But you really have to get in there and start nosing around. But it's handled in such a playful and fun way which seems odd talking about Crime City and saying, well, they just handle it with just a delightful cartoony way that makes it seem, you know, but it yeah, makes but it approachable. the emphasis isn't on the crime. The no. emphasis is on solving the puzzle. And it's, that's where I think we need to shift the focus a little bit and really highlight what's great about the game. We've, put, we've done enough disclaimer talk right now. Um, you know, the, and, and the disclaimer that they give in the game is just excellent. You kind of have a two thumbs up, one thumb up, and then a, eh, you use your own judgment. So at least half of them you could do in a school or community setting with other people's kids, no problem. Um, I would safely stand by that. Well, and I think one of the things that I was, the reason I was so excited about it has to go with that golden geek for innovative board game winner and is that yeah. the experience that you have playing this game 
is unlike anything I've ever had before. If you like solving any type of puzzles, like I like eating pizza or brisket, you are going to love yourself some Micro Macro Crime City. Well, and it's a it, the cool thing that, that I like about it that makes it so approachable, which is, I think, why it won the Spiel des Jahres and got that award, is that in a lot of crime-solving games, you go through all this work, and then you get to the end where there are final questions, and the questions are so... Uh, Tedious, mundane, no, trivial. Trivial, like, gotcha questions. Yeah. It's like, what color hat was the guy wearing? It's like, I don't even know if I talked to that guy. Who yeah. is this? Yeah, or you're, or you're just mindlessly going through and like, I hope I have enough information to solve the questions that they're going to ask me. This one you can do in two ways. You can go step by step and it'll guide you through. Or you could do the full try and solve it without any guidance. But that guidance takes you from step to step it's like well why did he do this and it's like oh well now you got to try and figure this out so that guidance makes it a contained experience yep. that i'm never feeling like oh well i don't know where to go from that what do we have enough information can we solve the case and there's did almost we- a little bit of especially early on with some i'm gonna i'm gonna call them just elementary the very basic mm-hmm. um ones right out the box there's a little bit of backwards design problem solving where you can see what happened and you trace it back to the beginning. So without yeah. giving, I, I'm being very careful right now. I took notes. So I'm not giving away any spoilers. Um, I love that about this game. I enjoy leading this game with my children. I'm able to facilitate this game in a similar manner with my own children as I was as a teacher in the classroom with other people's children. And taking a step further, I actually do peek at the answer so that I'm able to nudge and teach and guide hmm. in a way that a, a, a good teacher does. This is a game where, I, I, just speaking for me right now, I am I'm actually prefer to, to step back and kind of know the answer so that I can help and facilitate with my kiddos. If my wife were to play this game, when she's going to play this game, I'll probably take pictures for our Instagram or something like that, although I probably won't because we don't actually do a whole heck of a lot with our social media yet. But my wife is somebody that will not want to know the answers at all. She will want to go all the way, won't want to look at the next card to see if you're on the right track and go one through five and say, were we right? And I feel like when you play the game, you play the game more like that as well. And so what I'm saying to our listeners, you can be either completely immersed in the game and have a blast, or it is a game where you could facilitate it. You can have one foot in the game and one foot in knowing the answer to allow others to really have that immersive experience. I haven't played a game like that before, Doug, where I feel like I have the answers. I have the teacher copy of the book in my hand, but I'm still able to guide and play. Yeah, well, Um, it's interesting that you say that because when I play with Emily, the thing that I, one of the things that I really like about it is that it it sets up a, a situation where we are very cooperative and discussion, discussing and theorizing it's like well why would this and like you know and and yeah. the idea of having your you know my daughter say well what if he went over here what if they did yeah. that or it's like oh did now you I... see that part is yeah. that part related and i think the the cool thing about it which was funny the other day we were playing a case and um well there you go there's a played game i think we played a, a game of this uh this past week but my middle daughter came in and we're like, okay, well, you're still a little too young for this. And we were looking for a specific person. And then she just goes, is this him? <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Thank him. Thank you. Um, but I love the, the, the other cool thing that I like about this game. It is it allows you to put together the story, mm-hmm. right? It's, you fill in the gaps. You and your, your partner or the people that you're playing with fill in the story and say, oh, well, now it's like the motive, 
right? The the this you are, is the why. Yeah, through the, the pictures what. you can you can yeah. figure out the motives, and that makes you feel like a detective. Is like, oh, where did this guy live? Oh my gosh, he lived there, and that's why. And this, and then they it, like the whole case snowballs in your brain when you finally like that yeah. lightning moment where you're like, yeah. oh, this is why this happened to this and that this. That comprehension and connection is really cool. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I, I have three other things. We could be talking a little while about things that we like. Um, are we okay to just keep rolling here? Yeah, because I put down I, very little. The only okay. thing I put down was the experience and the moments of the game, and I think the execution, the oh, way man. the game I'm, is put together is so up. good. And I'm going to take the execution into a setup and take down. What this game does so beautifully, it, uh, yeah, it, it's a big map, so what you really need is a clean table. And you know what? If you don't have a clean table because you have Jurassic Park level amber <laughs> on your table like we do on our dinner table, well, we have clean carpet, so send it to the carpet and play the game. I love that. Take the lid off the box, throw the map out, grab five cards, we're playing. It is When it says 15 to 45 minutes, if you have one of those basic cases, it truly is 15 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. If I'm watching film and I'm doing work and I'm doing this and my kids have uh, homework and shower routine and, and need to play, you know what? We can find 15 minutes from yeah. 7 to seven fifteen. set the timer. We're going to do a case. I love that aspect, the quick setup, the quick takedown, and the rules are so simple. Yeah. I mean, this is rated just slightly north of patty cake. What is it, like 1.12 out of 5 on yeah, the complexity? It is so simple. I looked. I took the stats down. It is. It's It's a 1.12 out of 5 on the complexity rating. So I love that aspect. The other thing that I really enjoy about this game, I like watching other people play this game. There aren't many games like that. Like I enjoyed watching you and your daughter try to solve a case and go through and have the... <gasps> Ah, and see people enjoy it and so this is a game that will not only just stay in 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 our collection for that but one that i think my kids are going to enjoy playing with their friends yeah um as as they continue to age up yeah and this is the other thing i want to point out is that they released another standalone version of this game (laughs) better really slow down and point that out so people don't do what i did so there is Micro Macro Crime City Full House, which is a standalone game completely by itself. It's not an expansion. Different you, map. You can play it. You don't need both of them. If you get one, you you know, you, they're independent of each other. Same concept, different uh, cases. I think Micro Macro Full House might have more It does. Family it's friendly. Sli- slightly higher on the family friendly scale. So if you're looking for that, no, we want it to be a little bit um I don't want to say grimy, but we we want we wanna we wanna use our imagination at that high school level because there's that other side too where it's like, oh, what happened? Um you get get the crime city, get the base game. But I made the mistake. I thought that it was just an expansion. I thought that you actually needed one to have the other. They are two standalone games, um, folks and friends and frenemies alike. I love how clean the game is yeah um this is a game where the 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 black and white contrast of the map really allows for people who don't you know i i struggle with colors not in this game i get to get right down into the map the the other thing that i love about it other than the, the cleanliness and the the quick setup and takedown this is a game in which you can start to teach some of those map skills to your 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 kids, your kiddos, or other people's kids, and and you know what? They're not even gonna know. So the the going across are the letters of the alphabet A B C. Going up and down are numbers one two three. I'm not gonna do any spoilers here, but in the upper left, you can zoom in and say, well, let's look at A one closer. And draw the kid's attention to A1, the X and Y axis, right? So you're teaching a lot of critical concepts for mapping, for 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 math, for um, that, that whole grid concept uh, right in there every time you play it to the point where the second and third time a kid plays, they're going to be teaching it. They're going to say, well, let's look over at, at, at G3. We really want to get down there and see that. So... 
that that's just one thing I wanted to to talk about. Yeah, the only thing other thing I wanted to point out was the the box says one to four players. The board game geek geek. geek. The board game geek community says it's best at two, and I agree with we, that. We agree with you that. You know, so it's I've played it with more. And you just have too many heads bumping into each other. Yeah. That is a really great partner game. And if you're playing with more than two people, people are getting left out in. Well, and whereas last week we talked about bumping heads as being a great thing with Fossilus because of looking over at the board and yeah. what bones are in there. In this one, with what I like about the two players, Doug, is that divide and conquer. I'll look down here, you look up there. Yeah. And then you can kind of come together. Whereas I've only played with three players once. It was when you, mm-hmm. me, and, and your oldest daughter played, and I, I felt like I was in the way. Yeah. Because there's something to not just the physical proximity, but the shorthand of communication. Yeah. Where that that third wheel effect uh, can, I, can I think happen with this game? The other nice thing about being two players, I think it allows for some replayability. If you only play with two players, and if you change those players, guess what? I'm gonna forget. That yeah. case. Six months from now, if this comes back to the table and I'm playing with a different gamer, my old man memory is not as good as my nine-year-old, but my yeah. nine-year-old will be able to boom, boom. Well, so. and I think we've played like 50. I, we might only have one or two left of the cases. You played all 16 in the, in crime, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Well, you're very close. Um, there's a, there's maybe one or two that I, I kind of remember the twist. The rest of them are just like... You, I'm starting at square one. Yeah, and that's two month, you know, a month or two months removed from playing the first one. So I think, and then as time goes by, and if if we go through Crime City Full yeah. House, and if I'm going back to the first one, it's like I'm gonna have no idea what's going on. Well, and as you're listening to this podcast, when we start to get in the skills, don't do this if you're driving or driving a boat. I don't know if many people listen to our podcast while driving a boat. Oh, I thought you were going to say play micro macro crime city uh, no. while driving. <laughs> on on board game geek, if you if you don't have a copy, the publisher uploaded just a phenomenal picture of the game. And and so you can get in there and you can zoom in and, and it says um, Micro Macro Crime City Edition Spielweiss Pegasus Spiel 2020 box and components image provided by the publisher. So that's where I know that we have permission to, to say that. It was uploaded by uh, W. Eric Martin. And you can really see um, everything that we're talking about here without getting any spoilers. I mean, you, you can click down and see the level of detail, see all the different cars and the comings and goings and what's happening and, and, and kind of how that three foot by what? Three foot it's by almost five, by three, three right? by five, yeah. Yeah, three foot or by three five. Or three by foot. four. Three by four um, board is. So am all I right. talking too much about the game that you love, Doug? No, we're good. Let's move right. on to the, the skills because there are some good ones in here. You got our hot rodder. Let's um, go. So the first one I have is observation, a core skill, a game that rewards careful watching with attention to details and behaviors in order to understand and arrive at a judgment. You're looking around the board trying to figure out why the characters in the game are doing what they're doing, where they came from, where they went to, you know, every every movement they have. Um, and that's such a key component to the game. Yep. But it really rewards that careful watching. Oh, look, he's over there. Ooh, he's over there. And it's in a different... And tracing. Right, yeah. you're tracing your observation. It's not just an observation in isolation. Yeah, it's an observation within context, which I really like about this game. I have it as one of my top five skills as well. Oh, and it's not a observation in the way that it's come up before in the past, where you're watching what the other players are doing because it's which cooperative. Is, which you're is what I like what's about it in in this con, um, confined space. That's well, really good. Well, you kind of hit on another one there, which is that I have is logistics, which is a game that allows students to manage production flow between point of origin and consumption. And so the way that I interpret this is the logistics of, you know, you have a crime that's committed and it's like, where were the people before the crime? What happened to the people after the crime? And you're trying to, there's always that flow that you're trying to figure out of the the flow of the story. When you said about (laughs) notes, you got your notes on a paper plate, Michael? Oh, Doug, don't go there, man. You're going to get too far off track. Paper plates are my life. I, I've got 
Mo- motion offense and and, and, and notes. This is real, Doug. Keep uh, going, man. I take. So, I, so anyway, the the flow of of I follow- got you. how do you rhythm there? You're on logistics, Doug. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm looking at Mr. Dixie over here. Um, so he, so you're going from one location to the next. It's that you know you talked about the the observation. In the whole context, you know, the whole Actually, story. Members' choice. We uh, we wouldn't do Dixie. We 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 have a lot of paper plates in our house. Clearly, uh, if you're using them as post-it Sam's notes, Club, Costco. Yeah, paper. Do those I, just I do. rip off? Or they- <laughs> no. Um, am I allowed to give a skill here? Yeah. No, I'm going to do all mine. No, and then you uh, go. logistics is good. It's go not ahead. on my list. But was there more that you wanted to say about no, that? Go ahead. I'm giving you time to collect your thoughts and no. regroup. Go. I brought three core skills to the party, Doug. Just because, and I could have brought a fourth, but observation I had. You're spot on with that. Concentration is another one. A game that encourages a student to focus their attention or efforts on a task. Whereas we've talked about. You know, you don't want to have a television on or an iPad or shows. This is a game where, and I've only played it with one of my kids, Margaret, my nine-year-old, but it doesn't matter what's going on in the background. The dog could be ringing the bell saying that that, that Howie needs to go outside and pee. There could be a show on TV. The the blender could be going on because somebody's making a, a smoothie or milkshake. It doesn't matter. We are locked in. This game brings concentration. Yeah. The, so if you're playing in a schoolhouse and if there's a fire drill or an announcement, um, they're goners. <laughs> you, well, yeah. Good, good luck. If there's an all call announcement, um, you might need to call the office and have them repeat who got called down because we're playing micro macro right now. And yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening outside of this table. Yeah, that that's where I see concentration in this game is that the kids' focus, the, the players' focus, is going to be brought to the game. Yeah, and this, solving the next part of the riddle. Yeah, this game is so engaging that you have no choice but to focus and concentrate. All right, what else you got? I had listening, a game that inspires a student to hear things with thoughtful attention and consideration. I, I... I should have waited because I'm I'm going to couple this with uh, a skill that I've never brought to the recommended list except one other time, and that is persuasion. So where the listening and persuasion come together, and we define persuasion as a game in which students are encouraged to convince others through reasoning. Very, very tight logic in this game, but it, it's not in a domineering way. It's in a Oh look! Look where that car is, and it's it was back there. So maybe, and, and people are really encouraged to listen to each other. I like how you phrased partner game. That's where I think this game works really well with two people to kind of banter back and forth. Yeah, right. You're like um, buddy cops in yeah, this game. Yeah, you really, you really are. Uh, Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm usually the bad cop. <laughs> so you're Nick Nolte and I'm Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, so those are four of my skills. Boom, 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 well, out and, of the way. And I but. put communication on there, which is oh, yeah. that, uh, kind of highlighting what, what you just said, but a game that fosters an environment in which students must share information, news, or ideas. And there is that free flow of conversation Listening, that goes persuasion on. persuasion, and communication that's are going, right going in, on they? in this game. Oh, look, I found this over here. Oh, is that him? Where? Do, what but do you, you can't think just go along. You you have to really listen and yeah. sort through and synthesize and think critically about what the other person is saying, because you kind of have to have a what type of meter can I say on our family friendly uh, podcast? You know, the type of meet a truth meter of uh, is what I'm hearing from the other person true right now. You have to be able to sort that out as you're playing the game. So the last one, oh, I actually have got two more, but one of them is is using those communicate communication, those skills to do problem solving. Yep. You know, a game that rewards players for finding solutions to simple or complex problems. Sometimes it's a, a simple thing of where did the person go? Where did they come from? The other thing is why did they do this? You know, what were they doing? All of those types of things. How does that fit into and you, the puzzle? And fitting those in and solving those little problems that make up the big problem yeah. of solving the culprit of the crime. Um, so that's one of our core skills. I think we're going to be synced up on your last skill. I'm assume, I'm hoping cooperation. 
No. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, a cooperative game. Yeah, I definitely should have had cooperation. But when that, you hear my skill, I don't think you'll push back on it. So go game, ahead. A game that encourages students to work together toward a common goal. It's yeah. a cooperative game. Ding, 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 ding. Um, so highlight, highlight it when we have them. Cooperative game that was game of the year and innovative game of the year as well. Yeah. So certainly should be on there. I have spatial perception, a game that yep. strengthens a student's understanding of the spatial relationships with the objects in their environment and themselves. I just think how the the map is laid out, that grid component. I'm telling you, folks, and maybe we will activate our Twitter account to throw out the link to the the picture here to, so that you can actually see the map if you don't have the game. Because we know pe- people are on a budget. And if you're thinking about, well, which $25 game can I get? And especially if you are game schooling, um, I I think this is a game that... that j- really can be in your collection that you'll get a lot of play out of um and that spatial perception is is definitely something that can be in there as well as the cooperation like doug just mentioned we had a hard time getting it down to five skills didn't we yeah i mean i had process information on there i mean i had several things that were resilience were on the highlight of of a short list of of what would make our list have you ever been wrong where you're like, oh, that's not actually the right answer. That's, uh, have, you, have you been wrong playing the game? No. Okay. No, I mean. I have. <laughs> <laughs> but you just said, didn't you say earlier that you look at all the answers? Well, th- that's why. Because when I was wrong, I was like, but the, the resilience, the, but solving the puzzle with others, it's a different type of resilience. We could talk about a lot of different skills with yeah. this game. Yeah. This is a Hall of Fame skills game, so. All right, so that is our recommended game of the week, Micro Macro Crime City by Pegasus Spiel in uh, the United States. Ready, readily available, America. one that probably will be because of it winning awards. So yeah. it's one that I really feel good about us recommending. Um, and I think it will continue to come back on high five lists over over the next several years for both of us. So All right, awesome. Let's move on to the School of Gaming. School of Gaming. In the School of Gaming, we discuss concepts, keywords, etiquette, and helpful ideas in the world of gaming and education. This week, we'll be talking about... Game schooling with pre-K kids. Little kiddos. The kids yeah. who aren't quite in kindergarten yet. The littles. Doug? <laughs> good. good. I'm, I, I feel like I'm with a game show host here. Yeah, I was having a little fun. We just won a new car. That'd be All nice. Right. Um, so we've been talking about this recently and the, the idea of, you know, we, we talked about- We had a question that was brought to us, yeah, too, from, we, we from a listener. Yeah, we had a question and the idea of- uh, gaming with younger kids mm-hmm. and what you can do with them. You know, what? how far can you go? We've talked about how you can fit game games into a curriculum, either as an add-on or a, a booster of yeah. the curriculum that you're already teaching. And the, the question was asked if we had any materials for younger kids and, and things like that. And, and Michael and I had a discussion about it. And a lot of it came down to the idea that for to six or six and younger and and i'm right in the thick of that i've got a, a four-year-old mm-hmm. and a six-year-old just getting them to play the game yep is the lesson and i'm just coming out of that woods with homeschooling my pre-k kiddo la- last year i mean during the the era of covid she was yeah. with me all day every day from from you know the, the half the year so yeah so i and, and i want to highlight the idea is like not that if you're trying to do more that that's bad, but give yourself a break when you're working with those ages to be, no, our kids are getting good skills just by playing the game and Absolutely. interacting. And that you're already doing something positive just by playing the game. You don't need to add on a worksheet or anything else. You don't or have coloring. to have an activity guide. The, the, the game g- is the learning at that age. Exactly. According to Meyer... 
Game-based learning occurs when playing a game causes a change in the player's academic knowledge, including cognitive skills. And that's on page 83 of the handbook of game-based learning for those keeping score at home. So if the kid is learning colors, shapes, numbers, or getting better at following instructions and working with others, the game is doing the job. You don't need an activity guide. The game is teaching the four, five, and six-year-old. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I just, you know, we've got our list of skills that we we think game-based learning and game schooling helps and develop and things like that. And it's like, listen to some of these skills that just by playing the game, your kids are learning about goals, setting goals, what what how you win the game, direction following, problem solving, big ones for that age group, focus skills like concentration, observation, and listening. And then gaming attitudes, yeah. like resilience, how to be kind to one another. Those are all being set up in, in the games that you're playing. Those are the big rocks, Doug, because even within that, you have sub-skills like sh- achievements. You know, you talked about goals. Well, you, there might be a big overarching goal, but there are several different achievements that we need to do along the way. You know, completing that route in the Ticket to Ride first journey. I mean, yeah. you know, or, or getting the queen that you want in Sleeping Queens. Um, the, the game that I've talked about at length for those uh, three, four, five-year-olds. Yeah, and, and just the idea of, of something simple like following directions and just getting your, your four- to six-year-old to just sit down and, and play and be focused. Learning the listen rules. Listen to the rules and, and playing by those rules. Those are big steps that shouldn't be yeah. overlooked. We take, kind of take them for granted because you're not thinking for the most part of a high schooler that's like, Oh, they're not going to be able to learn the rules or yeah. you know, th- those are things that are just inherent. It's like, all right, you're, you've been in the program long enough. You can listen for, for right. five minutes and learn a game type of thing. But it's a big deal for a four-year-old to understand the rules. You know, it's like just getting to a point where I can play animal, to, animal upon animal with my youngest yeah. daughter. And that's still not even playing the rules all the way right. And you even know. even for a five-year-old, you know, if, if you're thinking about, okay, my kid is five, they're going to be in kindergarten in six months, so I want to get them ready. You know, we have five people in our family. We play a lot of four-player games where our, our now six-year-old, but, but if I'm flashing back a year ago, was essentially in the role of learning buddy. Mm-hmm. They were either with mom or with dad to learn the game. And then what would happen in, after two or three more plays of that game? They're playing on their own. Yeah. And and the, an example of that would be, you know, Dr. Reiner Knizia's Llama, uh, a game that, that you brought out at a party one night that we, we played as adults. And then we're like, we got to buy that game because it's going to teach numbers and colors. And my wife tells a story often that our youngest learned their number sequence sequence from one to six and colors from playing that game Llama. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't create an activity guide to, to do that. We didn't yeah. create a skill builder to do that. We just played the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think that that idea of you don't do too much, don't yeah. overwork yourself, don't, what is it like, don't coach past the ability that they have. Well, and that's you know? what I just want to give permission. We're kind of comboing a few different questions that we've gotten yeah. over the last few months, but folks, it, it, we, we, admire what you're trying to do you're trying to make sure that your kid is ready and prepared for this world and really trying to take them to the next step the thing that i will say is play games consistently then and set aside time just by setting aside dedicated time with your kiddos they will then be prepared to play some of the games where we certainly do have those skill builders because yeah. that, that four-year-old's not going to stay for forever when, when they are six, seven, and eight, then, okay, we've got some products for you to really help with multiplication and addition and, and some of the higher-level critical thinking skills. So. Yeah. So it was just something that came up recently and wanted to kind of throw it out there. Is, is like Michael said, we, we applaud you know all of our listeners and what they're trying to do and, and taking what we're providing and, and, and passing it on to their kids. And just want to, to give those people a shout-out and, and – Give them to permission to say, you're doing fine. Yep. You don't need to overdo it. Yeah. You know, be comfortable with, with what you're, that the games are providing and doing a lot of that heavy lifting. Right. For you and, and being okay with that, even though 
it seems like you're not doing enough. Well, playing the junior game is often enough, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's the point is I, I can sit down and play a game with my daughter and think, geez, am I, should we be doing a book? Should we be doing something else? Like, no, they're getting enough from the game. They're getting so many things just by doing that. Well, not to add on to the segment, but what's another thing that those four or five and six-year-olds will do? They will grab the pieces of the game and they will start to tell their own story. So that narrative adventure, all of those skills that you want for your emergent readers, they'll do it. Mm -hmm. They'll grab the pieces from the game and just start. Sometimes you don't actually want them to. Like, no, we're trying to play my little scythe right now. Put that piece back. And they'll start telling their own tale. So some of those pieces also just happen serendipitously, too, because board games are awesome. Yeah. So, and you know, we love uh, you know communicating with our listeners, answering questions, and and we love hearing about your stories and game schooling. So, it, you know, if you can contact us with questions, comments, email at gameschooler.com. You can reach us there or Twitter, go to our website. Instagram. Our website's got a contact form. So all of those places, we love to hear from you, love to hear what you're doing, any questions that you might have and, uh, that we can address on a, a future episode. And, 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 and help especially you guys out. Our, our new listeners, it's important that you know we are very responsive to email. And I know we're, we're going to be on a few different podcasts, so we're expecting an uptick in listeners here over the next few months. So email us directly. Doug, I know you're going to say this after the next segment, but give it to our listeners here. Email at gameschooler.com. And, our Twitter handle is gameschooleru, at gameschooleru. And, and we respond. We, we really do. So thanks for, for reaching out. We appreciate it. Appreciate all, you. All right. Let's move on to the high five. Well, if you're anything like us, you're constantly on the hunt for new games to try out. And this week, we've got a special high five li- list. It's kind of a swan song for the publisher Tasty Minstrel Games, who unfortunately is going under, has gone under... Uh, I'm not sure what the exact situation is, but they're going away. I mean, they, some, I, in yeah. doing research for this segment, they did declare bankruptcy, so that's which not is a great. real process in, in in multiple countries. At least one country, they're yeah. going away, and one website has all their stuff right now, right? Yeah, cool stuff. I think has their remaining yeah, cool inventory. Yep. Um, so, uh, Tasty Minstrel Game is a is a nice little company, or was that has a lot of really cool games some of them that i really love that we want to talk about lots of titles on your shelf yep and i want to say too that some of these titles may have new homes with new publishers Mm -hmm. may have been published by other people before they were published by tasty minstrel but in the u.s these were the places to get those at the time and if there's a new version i'll let you know while we go through them yeah, and so usually lately I've been jumping in on these high five. However, for this one, I haven't played a lot of these games. So being true to our list, I didn't want to do fake real. I, I have played and owned one of their 142 games on Board Game Geek. Doug, do you know what that game is? Big Dig. Big Dig, <laughs> yep. The same designers that did uh, did Clip Cut Parks and a few other games I have in the collection. Yeah, Sean, Sean Graham's game. I, I really enjoy that game, and that's the... Which is essentially from, a uh, uh, Dig Dug, the Nintendo Dig yeah. Dug version in a, uh, a, a flip, flip and right. right. Yeah. yeah, you have five cards, you flip and right. Talking about a, a, a great five to ten minute game to play just, just before bedtime or, or when we're on the move here waiting in line at a restaurant. So yeah, that's the one that I've played that I really like. All right, let's hear the list, Doug. What do you have at number five? All right, number five. I do have one honorable mention, which is Harbor which is a, a, a fun little game. It's in a tiny box, and they actually played it on, um, uh, why can't I think of, uh, Tabletop, Will Wheaton's YouTube series. They played Harbor, I believe. Uh, it could be, I'm, I'm pretty positive that they did, though. Um, so Harbor is, is a good little game, small box. So on to my number five, which is Crusaders, Thy Will Be Done. Mm. And this is an interesting game as you are crusaders um, during the crusades and you are traveling around what? <laughs> published in 2018. I was waiting for my screen to load there. But the cool thing about this game is you're taking actions and it combines what they call a rondelle and a mancala mechanism. So hmm. a rondelle is basically um, 
a, round? A, a circle of actions, and then the number of cubes on there determines how powerful the action is. Okay, so but when you're gonna when you take an action, you're gonna pick up all of those cubes and then drop them around the circle like a mancala. So then your next action, you may not have anything there. You can't take that action, but your other ones are going to be getting stronger as you go. So you're shuffling that around uh, to travel out and build buildings and, and get your knights and conquer land, that type of thing. But that that action wheel, that rondel with the Mancala yeah. thing is really cool. This has been on my want-to playlist for a while. Crusaders, I will be done. Uh, 2018 was the year it was published. Listen to the ratings of some of the, uh, uh, and just the people that are on this. 7.5 uh, rated very highly, two to four players, 40 to 60 minutes, ages 14 plus. The weight is 2.43 out of five. Seth, is it Yaffe? I'm, I'm, I do not know. But, but the artist is Adam P. McIver, who we've, we've definitely uh, talked about before as a designer and artist. He did Yokohama, did, did just a, a whole bunch of, uh, of of games that we have discussed here. So that's number five on Doug's high five list, Crusaders. All right. My number four is a game called Scoville, which is from 2014. This is a pepper planting game in which you are trying to plant peppers and that then you sounds use, absolutely terrible. Like hot peppers. <laughs> so you you are planting peppers and then using those for to create hot sauces and recipes or selling them at the market. Sounds absolutely delicious. And it is very cool. There's whole like there's this whole breeding of how you breed the peppers and trying to get it up to a ghost pepper and a red pepper. I've heard about this. It's a it's a pretty cool game with a, a unique theme uh, as you try to uh, Do you own this one, Doug? I do. It's still I've played it before. I have a copy in the shrink still. Um that I have not not gotten to the table, but I have played it a couple times, um, and I really enjoyed it. Cool. So that is Scoville, 2.78 out of 5. Designed by Ed Marriott. Yep, and the artist is Josh Capel. I think he's also the, the artist on Harbor as well, several of these other games. Uh, which Harbor was designed by the Scott Alms, who has done a ton of small games and tiny epic series, so... All right, the next game on my list, number three, is a game called Belfort. This is from 2011. You're competing with other architects to build the city using dwarves, elves, and gnomes. You have your workers, and you can assign them to go out and get uh, resources. So it's it's a combination of a worker placement and an area control, and you are vying for ownership of... Certain build you're trying to build buildings which give you more actions that you can send your workers to, or there's these guild buildings that are already on the board that you mm. can own, and then every time somebody uses it, they have to pay you uh, to use that building. And it's kind of unique because I think there's five. Um, it's a it's a hexagon shaped board, but each of the wedges comes out. Yeah. So when you're scoring it, you just pull that, pull wedge, that out, wedge out, and, and you can it. see who's got the most on that that wedge. It's a really cool game. A uh, little bit longer. It's a almost two hour game. The weight's three point five. It's com- it's it's 3. complex. 5, yeah. Um, Twelve plus two to five players. Two thousand eleven. So it's ranked number five seventy one on BGG, and that's a good one that's been around in my my collection for a long time. Awesome. What do you have at, at number two, Doug? That is a game that is now being published or will be published by Capstone Games. Picked up the license for Orleans, which is 90-minute game, weight of 3.04. So in that same range, uh, two to four players. And this is uh, ranked number 27 on Board Game Geek overall. And Orleans is a bag-building game in which you're putting workers into a bag and then drawing them out. So it's almost like a deck builder, but you're using... Uh, your workers in a bag and pulling them out, and those are the ones that you can use each round. And as you acquire, you know, more uh, farmers and boatmen and knights and stuff that allow you to do different things on the board, you're traveling around the board, you're trying to build buildings, and it's just a really cool game. A lot of stuff going on, but once you're in it, it um, 
it kind of all falls into it, place. It's immersive, right? Yeah. Uh, designer is Reiner Stockhausen. Artist is Clemens Franz. Very well-known artist. Uh, again, another very highly rated game. 8.1 on Board Game Geek. Two, 2014 release. Uh, 90 minutes and weight of 3.04. Could could that be a middle school, high school game if people knew how to play it? The, they already have the capstone on the, on the Board Game Geek yeah. photo updated. It's one that's going to be around for a while. It's one oh, I've yeah. heard about a lot. I haven't played it yet. It's Definitely high school. Play. Certainly one that you can play with your family. I don't yeah. know how well it would work in a school setting. or The 90-minute the mark is just it, it pushes the boundaries for that board game club. You know yeah. what I mean? If I were running a board board game club at a high school and i'd you typically have an hour after school that's where i yeah. just wanted to ask you on that i guess we'll have to play it so i can make my own determination here all right I, you, I, I, you know number one well i i think i do but that means that some are definitely off of your high five list that i thought were going to be on there five you surprised me yeah i think your number one is going to be pioneer days it is okay Published in 2017, designer Matthew Dunstan and Chris Marling. Uh, 7.3, uh, 45 to 60 minutes, two to four players, and a 2.5 rating. We've talked about this one in the past, but this is Oregon Trail, the board game. Tell people why it, you love it. It makes you feel that way. You're doing all of the same things. You're trying to avoid calamity. You're trying to you know, uh, get the best wagon and, and move along. Some awesome um, dice. Yeah, it's a it's a dice drafting game where you are uh, drafting dice to get new townsfolk, acquire resources, and then whatever dice is left over contributes to whatever calamity mm. may happen. And so there's a certain point where it's like nobody wants to take that dice, but also nobody wants to have the robbers come yeah and so there's that little thing of Tension like built within where it. am i you know somebody better i'm not taking <laughs> it but somebody better you know and making sure you're prepared for that stuff um unfortunately i don't know how much longer this will be in print i don't know if it's going to get picked up by anybody it'll else. have to won't it people um, love this game and for those keeping score at 2017, home 2017 five years i don't know it's number three on my want to play list i i really want to play this game and uh, i want to play it too to play yeah. this game uh but you, copies could be limited, and, and we don't get paid by anybody. We don't even currently have a sponsor at the moment. We have a slot available. But you're, you're saying there are some copies available, right? Cool Stuff, Inc.? Cool Stuff is out. I just What about just Tabletop Game Gallery? Tabletop I mean, Game Gallery does have a couple, I think. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Um, but that's, that's the number one game. I, I'll tell you why I want to play this game. The art with the characters, with the I, with the dice, I mean, it just looks awesome. I've been wanting to play this game for almost a year, and then that uh, pesky pandemic seemed to hit and just yeah. haven't been able to get this one to the table. So what did you think was not going to make the list, well, or was Doug, going to make the Doug, list? Doug, I guess you, you really surprised me. Yokohama, I thought would have— I've not played it. Okay, so. okay. I thought that would have made the list. And then this game, uh, Gujong. Oh, Gugong, I, yeah. Gugong, thank you. I, I thought that wouldn't would have hit the list simply because I know you played it at a game night right when it came out. I wasn't at the table for it. I, it was one of those where I, I was commuting and kind of rolled in right after it had been played, and it seemed to have been a positive play. So yep. I thought those two would have been on the list. But uh, well, an eminent domain was another one I, that was on the short list yeah. as well, um, which is a. Uh, Kind of a, a deck builder action following type of game. So explain to our listeners how these publishing houses open and close. If for someone who, who's like me or maybe just coming into the hobby, it doesn't mean that all the games are going away forever. The, the, like you talked about one getting picked up by Capstone, but they very well could, right? Yeah, well, and it's, a, it's all a matter of which games were um, published in a house. So I think like Eminent Domain, I don't know that that had a previous publisher. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a difference between those games where I guess theoretically if the designer is somebody from Tasty Minstrel Games, they could then shop that design out to a different publisher. Okay. Uh, other games like Orleans are contracts with the original publisher, which I think that one might be DLP Games. If okay. I'm, you know, so DLP Games would say, okay, no tasty, longer a tasty, tasty minstrel. Yeah, We're tasty, going to Cap Zone. They're yeah, going to publish it in North America. In North America. So that's the thing is that a lot of these things have different 
um, contracts for different regions of the sure. world. So what may be published under one company in the U.S. is published in a completely different company overseas. Okay. You know, the same way that, like, there are some games that are Lucky Duck, and then uh, I'm just using this as an example. It's not really the case. But, for example, like, King of Tokyo, it's like, oh, it's published by Yellow. But then, like, in Germany, it may be published by Lucky Duck. Right, right. And they think it's, you know, so it's, there's a lot of web of things. So. Some of these titles may get picked up by other publishers or shopped around, um, and then if the demand is enough, yeah, um, or if if it's an original publisher that was using Tasty Minstrel for publishing in North America, they may just find a different different publisher. Okay, so, so they, to our listeners listening in, in real time, to our regulars, uh, and we appreciate you. Um, Check Cool Stuff Inc. right now for for prices still today. Yeah. We hope. Otherwise, um, if you're listening in the future, um, check well, there's e- no, eBay no, or they might get picked up somewhere else. But Noble, here's the list. Noblenight.com is a great one yeah. that sells used games. And and here's the thing: is some of these things go out of print and games go out of print all the time. Don't pay. There are so many good games that you can get that are in print. Don't unless you've played it and you love it and it is a grail game for you. Don't go spending a hundred dollars. That's the Tucky disclaimer. A hundred and fifty dollars yeah. to get this game just because Set we alert, said it was good. Come back and, and you know so and especially I mean I I see a lot of you who are listeners out on some of the the different game schooler uh, Facebook marketplaces and things like that. So just know that. You could shop around, put a post out there, and some people are always looking for trades. I, hey, yeah, I've got six games up right now for trades. Uh, so, so for, just want to cut yeah. you off there, but um, Noble Knight, for example, right now they've got one forty-five dollars. This is for Pioneer Days, forty-five dollars unpunched card sealed, excellent near mint condition. So that's a new game, forty dollars. Forty dollars for an excellent near mint condition. So with shipping, what are they looking at? Uh, Free shipping over one hundred forty nine dollars, yeah. and then I think they might have some sort of. So I'm going to go rate, five to one, sure. which I like to do on the list when when you're going solo here. So coming in at number five is Crusaders, coming in at number four is Scoville, and that's S C O V I L L E. That's the game about planting hot peppers. Number three is Belfort, B E L F O R T. Number two is Orleans, which is O R L E. O N S, and coming in at number one <laughs> That's is correct. Oh, did right. I spell it wrong? Yes. Oh gosh. I, Doctor I, of what? Doctor of nothing. O R L E A N S. Yeah, I think you threw O R L E A N S. Isn't that what I said? No, I think you threw another O in there. Oh gosh. <laughs> and coming in at number one is Pioneer Days. Common spelling. Just put a space between Pioneer and Days. Great list, Doug. I'm um, sorry I wasn't able to contribute, no, but that's I, haven't, right. I haven't played a lot of them yet. They're so, on my want to play list. All right. Well, hopefully we'll get to them soon. So that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Like us on f- Facebook uh, this upcoming week, although I don't know when it's going to air. Uh, we're going to be on the- next week. We're on the Family Gamers, um, so we're recording next week. We'll be on the week after. They're in the Dice Tower Network. We're so thankful to to be on. They, they have a, a great show. Um, really, really looking forward to to jo- joining them yep. and, and helping Anitra and uh, um, you know and and Andrew with, with their show. Uh, so, so follow us on Twitter at Game Schooler. You like us on Facebook, and we'll post all that stuff about the Family Gamer podcast uh, as well on those things uh, to kind of cross promote that. But yeah, you got some work coming up, huh? Doug? Yeah, thank you so much for. <laughs> Spending the last hour or so with us, we really appreciate it. Now get out there and keep game schooling.